You're listening to Omega All Access, a podcast about all things affecting municipalities in Oklahoma. Hosted by OMAG Executive Director, Susie Paulson. Welcome to OMAG All Access. Today, we're going to talk to Tyler Kilmer with the City of Choctaw and Kit Pritchard with OMAG. And I just thought it would be a good time of year to sit around and talk about some of the playground inspection services that OMAG offers and some best practices that Tyler and Kip might be able to offer. So let's start with Tyler. Hi, Tyler. How are you? Good. Tell me why you think parks and playgrounds are a big draw for cities and, and, you know, what time of year do you see a lot of activity with the playgrounds? I mean, is it that time of year, I'm assuming, with the weather changing and most definitely now that the weather's incredible right now, a little warm on the warm side, but uh, our playgrounds are packed every day after school, on the weekends, everything like that. Uh, so it's it's getting that time of year. So, you know, why do you think parks are such an important part of a municipality? The first thing I think of when I get home from work, my family, we want to go out to the park. We want to take our son out, let him play on the playground, uh, experience nature. Uh, it gives those families something to do that's cost efficient and they can enjoy. It helps kids learn motor skills and things like that. So Parks and Rec is a huge deal in our community. Yeah. How many parks are there um, in the city of Choctaw? As far as parks, we have five. We have four different uh, playground areas, um, but we also have things as, as far as nature trails, horseback riding trails, things like that. Okay. And all, all are run by the city? All are all are run and maintained by the city. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Kip, are you starting to get some calls from cities wanting some playground assessments and things like that? Yes. In fact, this year I've had a lot of calls from the cities and uh, from some of our claims personnel that have called and asked me to go out and uh, do an inspection for uh, a city and provide them with information to help them better maintain uh, their playground facilities. Yeah, that's a good point. So, you know, we insure over 500 cities and towns around the state and we have a liability plan and this time of year, we start seeing lots of claims related to either broken swings or broken park benches or trip and falls. Or sometimes we'll see, you know, where a child's been burnt sliding down a like a metal slide. Mm-hmm. You mentioned that claims department might call you. So what happens? They give you a call. Do they ask you to go out or talk to the cities or does that lead into a sort of assessment yes, that you'll do um, with the city? Usually they've already been in contact with the city and they, they inform the city, hey, I would like to have Kip come out and do a playground inspection. And then I call them and I schedule the date, find out how many playgrounds that they have, tell them that they can be with me or I can do my own thing. I go out and I, I do the assessment. I take pictures and notes and then come back to the office and write them a written report uh, supported by the pictures of areas where I've seen you know, uh, a hazard uh, or damaged equipment or equipment that is deemed obsolete and it's recommended that it leaves. Here in Oklahoma, uh, our playground, usually the lifespan is about 10 to 20 years if it's well maintained. Here in Oklahoma, a lot of our playgrounds are 40 to 70 years old and um, they're not always very well maintained. So it puts 
children at risk when we don't ma properly maintain our equipment and we have documentation of our maintenance records. And um, if we do have a claim, it really kind of the city will, will lose face with the citizens because, you know, we hurt a child. So it's very important that we have uh, regular maintenance and playground inspections. And uh, we can go back to Tyler on that because he was telling me that they do weekly inspections. And yeah. he personally does that. Yeah, so. tell us about that, Tyler. Like, what's your process for doing those inspections? Yes, yeah, so every Monday we go out, I have a checklist. Uh, we go to our playgrounds. We test the equipment, make sure that nothing's broken from over the busy weekend. Uh, if there is, say, a teeter-totter's broken, uh, we can call a company out and get it fixed that week. That gives us a few days to get it done before they really start picking up back Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, we can usually always get it done within about three days so that it's fully functioning back on the weekend. And then Friday, we go back out to make sure nothing else has happened throughout the week so that it's ready to roll for the for the weekend. So, so what do you do in the interim be before someone can get out there and fix it? Do you? So if something's broken, our maintenance guys can go out there. They can remo actually remove it. They'll take it apart just so there's no one on that equipment. They can take it all the way to the, down to the ground. We don't want a piece of broken equipment no matter what it is. A kid out there playing, I mean, it's not going to look great when we know a piece of equipment's broken. They run out there and break an arm or something like that. It uh, doesn't look great on the city. Do you also kind of look around and check, you know, park benches and picnic tables and maybe some limbs, you know, hanging down off trees and things like that? Yes. We actually have a horticulturist. His job is to make sure there's no dead trees or uh, limbs hanging that are broken from a windstorm or something that we've had. Um, get those removed so they're not falling on anyone. Picnic tables, we have them actually numbered throughout the park. So they're supposed to be under Pavilion A or Pavilion B. So we make sure to move those back if people have moved them over the weekends and make sure that they're still functioning with out any boards broken or anything like that. OMAG All Access would like to thank you for listening to this podcast. For your time, we would like to offer you the chance to win a pair of OMAG All Access Bluetooth headphones. To enter, all you have to do is head to www.omag.org forward slash all access and click on the corresponding image at the top of the screen. The password for each episode will change, so make sure you are always up to date on the newest episode of OMAG All Access by subscribing with your favorite podcast app. The password for this episode is Grants. Follow the directions on the giveaway page and you will be entered. Good luck. Are there ever like soccer goals or basketball goals and things like that? Do you guys inspect those? We do. We actually go through. We just installed a new uh, basketball court in one of our parks. Uh, we go there. That's part of our maintenance checklist every Monday to make sure the rims are not loose, uh, the poles are secure into the ground, and things like that. As far as the soccer fields, the Choctaw Soccer Association, they maintain those but the basketball courts we do maintain. Okay, and I asked that because I remember you know, Kip talked about claims. I had a when I was in the litigation department, we had a claim where a kid was at a city park and they had just some soccer goals they had set up, but they were the big ones, big metal ones, and the kid was swinging on the soccer goal and it fell over and busted all his teeth out and you know, it was they had a a routine where they would move the soccer goals out of the way, you know, for the weekend for the 
people to come play at the park. And then during the week, they'd move them back. And they really didn't have a process to secure those when they reset them. And it was really, and, you know, a lot of times people will say, well, aren't the parents watching them? Well, I mean, kids are fast, you know? I mean, they get away from you. And if you have more than one at the park, it's, yes, parents should be watching their kids, but it happens. It happens so fast. So what are some other things we can talk about, Kip? You talked about the average lifespan of playground equipment. You know, what are some other best practices when looking at what equipment you're going to buy for a city? Well, number one, be sure and look for a commercially built playground that's built for municipal parks or schools. Don't just go to the, you know, Home Depot and buy the the typical backyard type playground equipment. A couple of years ago, I had a mayor was very proud of a brand new playground that he had just put in in his town. And he was very disappointed when the first thing I told him is this equipment won't last you five years because it, was, it wasn't commercial equipment. Another thing, a lot of our playgrounds that I look at around the state were built in the 60s, the 70s, the 80s. Back then, big, heavy steel equipment was very popular, wooden Playgrounds were very popular. Just recently, I went to a city and did an inspection that they had a beautiful, I mean, from the road, this this playground looked immaculate. It was built like big, you know, uh, fort, you know, from the 1800s, and it looked really cool. And then when I got in and got close to it and I started looking, there was rotten wood, there was splinters, uh, broken pieces, nails and screws that were hanging out, you know, just waiting to catch you know, kids' skin or clothing or things like that. My first recommendation to that city was, it's time to replace this piece of equipment. It's 50 years old. How long do you guys keep a playground equipment in Choctaw? So our newest uh, equipment, our newest playground is about eight years old. We actually have a playground that's been there, I would say, 30 years. So we have some older equipment as well. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily uh, slides and things, just swings. But we do have some older equipment as well as some that we just added here in the last few years. Yeah, well, obviously, if you maintain it well, it will last a lot longer, too. Kip, do you know of any, or Tyler, either one of you, know of any grants or anything out there for playground equipment or for parks? As far as us and grants, Google, Google Parks and Recreation Grants, Google anything, uh, more specific playground equipment grants. There are grants out there. We just received a grant, uh, not for playground equipment, but to update one of our parks as far as planting more trees, flowers, and things like that, and updating our train caboose area, So, as well as replacing the concrete and stuff like that. We found that because we Googled it. Um, that is my best recommendation for people. Just get on the internet. You will find it's it's shocking how many grants are out there. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And Kip, if you want to talk a little bit about Pamela Honeycutt at OMAG and how she might be able to help people. Yes, uh, Pamela Honeycutt is o- OMAG's grant coordinator. Now, she will help you find grants. She will help walk you through the processes. She will not write the grants for you. And you can reach her. Just call OMAG's 800 number, 1-800-234-9461, and ask for Pamela Honeycutt, or you can email her at hhoneycutt at omag.org, and Pam will help you out with that. She's only been with us about uh, four Nine months or so. Nine months? Mm -hmm. Okay, nine months. 
And so she's still kind of getting her feet wet, but she's been doing a super good job with that. Some other things that you might want to look into, as Tyler said, get on the internet and Google grants. If you're involved in the Oklahoma Recreation and Parks Association or the National Parks and Recreation Association, they can also assist you in helping you find uh, money. Uh, There's private donors that provide grants that you can utilize. It's just real important, you know, again, following certain groups like the Consumer Products Safety Commission and American Society of Testing Materials, they will help you to be able to find local vendors, manufacturers of playground equipment and provide you with information about their quality testing and things like that. And a lot of times you can find more obscure grants uh, just communicating with those kind of folks. Yeah. And can um, somebody working for the city, when they find these commercial vendors for playground equipment, is there like a list of questions maybe that the city could ask them about, you know, how long is this playground equipment supposed to last? What are the materials it's made out of? Is there any maintenance or warranty that comes with it? Are those, I mean, Tyler, have you worked with any of those companies yet that Yes, you you want to be as detailed as possible, especially when it comes to warranties and things like that, for the simple fact that you don't want to waste your city's money. You want to make a, a smart decision when it comes to purchasing these things and maintaining them and have a plan and know how much it's going to cost to maintain them throughout the years, as well as the lifespan of this product that you're purchasing. So you just want to be as detailed as possible. You can make your own list on what's important for your city and kind of go from there. We hope you can take something away from this podcast that will help your city or town. You can find more information about OMAG on our website at www.omag.org or on our Facebook page. Thanks for listening. If you have questions or ideas for a podcast topic, please send them to allaccess at omag.org. On the next episode of OMAG All Access. There is no standard or what is an easy trail, what is a difficult trail, what is an intermediate trail. You know, they're color-coded generally, so if you visit a trail system for the first time, definitely look at, you know, how the color coding is and how that's defined. And I encourage everyone to ride slowly through first because there is no universal standard for what is considered difficult, what is considered easy. The trails across the state of Oklahoma, like you mentioned, I mean, there are three different, you know, ecological areas in the state of Oklahoma that converge in central Oklahoma. The trails in Medicine Park are not easy at all, but they list that they have beginner-friendly easy trails. I've been riding mountain bike trails for 12 years, and (laughs) those still give me a run for my money. This episode is copyright OMAG 2022 under the Creative Commons 4.0 Attribution, Non-Commercial, No Derivatives International License. For more information, please visit creativecommons.org.